I was gonna go to the game today, but they wanted twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, that seems a little steep. Yeah, so I rented the movie instead. Ray, who's that coming out of the cornfield? Shoeless Joe Jackson, Jose Canseco, and Rob Manfred? <laughs> Give me the popcorn. I was crying at this movie. Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harbett, your host, and with me, of course, is Mr. Brandon Noway. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good, Mark. How about you? I am having the time of my life. I mean, it sounded like the boys, they were having, uh, they couldn't make it to the game, the Field of Dreams, so they had to watch the video, but that must, that sounded like the James Gunn cut to me. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was a little bit over the top, so to speak, but oh, I, I enjoyed myself, and I think they did too. <laughs> Okay, well, well, tell me about it. So, Field of Dreams, folks, if if uh, you haven't been on this planet, what that is, there was, a, there was a film years and years ago, back in the 80s, and that was with Kevin Costner. It was all about this great game being played out in a small little farm field of Iowa. And we recreated that MLB once again by putting it there right next to the original field. There's been so many people who've been so excited about this game being played in that middle, that little field where you have to walk, drive so far out and walk so far out. But evidently, you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed the Field of Dreams movie. It's it's not my favorite baseball movie, but I did enjoy it, and I thought it was really cool because it had that sort of old time baseball feel. You know, you had the full house. They had the manual scoreboard. And the walls looked really cool. Honestly, it looked like they forgot to finish them, but there was a green, a green chain link fence, and it made it look like the outfield wall was actually corn. And I just thought it was a really enjoyable, enjoyable night. The game was exciting. I I thought that this was a great night for baseball, and the ratings showed it. Oh well, yeah, I, I did see some numbers on there, Brandon. I saw that. Um... Supposedly, it was the most viewership of any regular season game since 2005. Over 5.9 million viewers. Wow. And that's a lot. I mean, it outdrew a lot of NBA playoff games, a lot of the Olympics. It fell short of the Hall of Fame game in the NFL, but the NFL's king. Nothing ever really comes close to that. But I think that this was a, a successful night for baseball. Well, they sure did spend enough to get to that. I mean, I was looking at uh, one number. I think it was like $6 million that they spent to build this thing. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a nice little stadium, too, even though it may have been temporary, but it was it was really nice. Yeah, it was. It was I got to admit that much. And it was kind of funny. Uh, during the show, they had a conversation with Rob Manfred and Kevin Costner and a few others. And they were talking about, Coster said his, his best friend or one of his good, greatest friends was building this thing and for two years did not tell him because he was under some sort of non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> so he kept <laughs> that pretty close to the vest. 
I wonder how they did keep that that close to the vest if it's right outside of a tourist attraction. And Tell me about it. From, from what I know about, there's not a whole lot going on in the middle of Iowa. I wonder how they were able to keep that a secret for all that time. Easy, But evidently they did to some degree. And, you know, it was postponed. They actually took the field down and rebuilt it because I, I don't know, because of COVID or whatever. But they said the whole thing took over $6 million. So it was worth it, I guess, uh, as far as what um, what MLB saw for it. You know, and, but if you wanted to go there, Brandon, I mean, you had to spend, what, probably at least 1400 even sound like uh, the one of the boys had to get, get $1,200 put together to try to get to the game, but that didn't happen. I, I don't know if I'd want to pay $1,400 to watch a baseball game, but, I mean, I guess if it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, which obviously this probably won't be because it looks like next year it's all but confirmed it's going to be Reds and Cubs. I wouldn't mind going to that, but $1,400 is probably a little bit out of my price range. But if if I had the money to spend, I, I would definitely pay that. But I don't live in Iowa. Now, I, I don't know what it costs to you know fly up there with Richard Branson up into the wild blue yonder and in outer space, but I think that I would spend the money here first before I go, even, even though I wasn't a big fan of this game. Uh, Oh, you weren't? Uh, no, 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 oh. no. The, the best, the best thing I liked about this game was that the Yankees lost. Uh, you know, the, uh, that, that's always a good thing. And, and let's talk about it for a minute. My gosh, the, it was an it was an exciting game. Uh, while I'm there pulling for the White Sox, I'm seeing Liam Hendrick, a closer pitcher that I have a great deal of respect for, and he seems to be struggling. He's giving up stuff, and it looks like the Yankees are going to take this thing. Yeah, he didn't seem to have his best stuff. And the Yankees obviously pounced on that. And you can't really afford to not have your best stuff when the Yankees seem to be getting hot right about now. And you're going up against guys like Stan and Judge, who if you do make a mistake, the, that ball will go a long, long way. Yeah, they, they wound up, uh, I saw him, Hendricks had his, sweating in the dugout at the bottom of the ninth and just waiting and hoping that his boys are going to be able to do whatever it took to to get that game. It, it was pretty good. But I see, my my best moment in it was not just really the Yankees losing. I, it was a good game. And it happened before the game as they were going down with the lineups. What What is the, the gentleman? Let's see. Aloy Jimenez. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Aloy Jimenez. I, I love that guy, man. They're going down – each player is reading off their name. They're all standing out there on the field, and he he gives a wave and he's like, "Hi, mom!" You know, <laughs> I, I love that man. That was fantastic. So those are the moments I was looking for during that game. Uh, another thing I was curious to see is what kind of uniforms they're going to look like. I, I love these old White Sox uniforms, man. It was very very cool. But uh, you know, the, the Yankees already being a traditional team, I couldn't tell that much difference than what they're wearing now. It, they they just widened up the logo a little bit. Other than that, it looked the exact same. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Oh, gosh. Let's see. What else? Oh, it was also interesting. I saw one piece with Manfred walking out of the cornfield. He <laughs> uh, should walk back into it. <laughs> well, as much as I like to pick on the commissioner, I have to give him and MLB credit because this was a big success. I'm sure they'll make up the, enough money with merchandising 
broadcasting, rebroadcasting rights, and everything else with this. You know, they, they indicated they may do something like this in the future. But I, I got to tell you, what would that be, coming back there? Or, or do you find some other small town in the U.S. and go play? I don't. I feel like you could do that again because that is the field of dreams. And obviously they have other classics, like they did the Fort Bragg classic one year, which that was really cool. And this weekend they have another one. They have the Little League classic with the, I believe it's the Indians and Angels who have like Little League themed uniforms. Like the Indians says Great Lakes and then the Angels says West on it. I thought those look really cool. And of course you're going to have the kids out there so the atmosphere will be great. Even though it's not the international event it usually is due to COVID and everything, it's still going to be a big event. It, it will. And I'm excited about that. And also, I'll just quickly mention while we're talking about it here, there is the Little League, um, let's see, oh, yeah, Softball League. And that's being played right now in the World Series. So Little League Softball World Series. And I'll tell you, folks, if you want to see what's going on with these, check your ESPN and everything else listening. You'll probably find it out there somewhere. Exciting stuff. Um, let's see. Oh, in the Little League Softball, I know that we're still looking at Missouri playing Oklahoma and Texas playing Virginia. So I'm probably going to try to catch those games today. Yeah, I like to watch those. They're, they're a bit of a, a guilty pleasure for me. A guilty pleasure. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> are you going to look for the stars of tomorrow there? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. But, I mean, it's just something I've always watched even since I was a kid. But I don't know why I like it so much. It's, it just seems like it seems like baseball is fun then even though you do have some of the scandals every once in a while, it still seems, you know, somewhat innocent and not as corporate as big league baseball is. Literally is fun. If you haven't gone out to local ballpark, do it, you know, and, and watch those games. But to be able to see where they're up there on the, oh, what am I saying? On, on top of the pinnacle of these top teams playing and the spirit. And you and I both saw that one part where you've got the, the young child out there, I say young child, the young play, <laughs> player, the batter, he's up there and it's gone viral. The ball goes past him and it's, you know, it seems it's obviously a ball and the ump calls it a strike and he just looks, you know, he doesn't curse <laughs> the umpire, he doesn't do anything, but that jaw drops down about three inches wide open and he just looks back and forth and like for some affirmation, what, did, did, did that really happen? You know, and then he opens his palm like, what you know? He no word is ever uttered from his mouth, but that was a great, uh, <laughs> a great little viral thing. If you haven't seen that, I'm go I'm sure you've seen it elsewhere, but I'm going to still post it later today on uh, Baseball Biz on Twitter. So that'll be fun. It it seems to always give us good Twitter moments. Like this year or earlier this year, we had a kid in intro who said, "Shout out to my girlfriend. You know who you are." And a couple years ago, we had a kid named Big Al who said that he hits dingers. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, I, I love it. And, and the coverage of these are always fun, too. I think Jessica Mendoza is doing some of the that with the, the Little League. And, and they were, they put, you know, how, how you see any player when they come up on the screen and, and you're looking there and they show their record, how many years they've been with this, that, and the other. And uh, one player, they were, they were also putting up their, well, you know, what, what is your favorite subject in school? And some people say, well, math, history. And they put up with this one young player up and says, where it's the word subject, the next word is lunch. <laughs> His favorite subject is lunch. 
Well, a lot of people <laughs> would agree with that, I guess, for themselves as well. I would. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, but coming back to Field of Dreams, you and I had conversations in the past that what can we do in the future? And a lot of folks I've seen on Twitter and elsewhere said, Sandlot. I, I said it. The Sandlot is probably my favorite baseball movie. Major League is probably a close second. You can't really do a, a Major League classic. <laughs> but I think Sandlot would be... You couldn't go to the actual Sandlot, even though it's still there. It, it wouldn't make sense in so many ways to do that. But I'm sure you could find a way to do something similar to a Sandlot in a neighborhood that's big enough for a good-sized crowd in a, a regulation-sized MLB field. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to see more ideas on that. That's pretty good. You know, uh, we're going to... One of the things I think everybody loved, that was, of course, James Earl Jones, who was in both of those movies, and, of course, the dog Hercules. But before we get into any more of that, let's mention Joey Votto, what he did the other day. That man hit his 2,000th hit as a Cincinnati Red, and he's been with them since, what, 2007? He was drafted by them back in 2002 on the second round, and that's, you know, I like a legacy player. I, uh, years ago, to me, Longoria was that with the Rays. But Votto was obviously that with the Reds. And while he didn't wait to where he was going to hit the, the 2000 at Cincinnati, it was certainly celebrated by all the Reds fans. Uh, and he, what he, he uh, I saw there's already a commemorative Tops card that's being put together for his 2000th hit. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, let, let's hear what he said. I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say, yeah, that'd be something cool to own if you're a Reds fan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if you're a Reds fan. I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or or just a baseball fan in general. Well, there you go. Well, let's hear what Joey had to say after the game when they asked him about that 2000 hit and what he did with the ball from his first hit. What did, what They were talking about what I'm going to do with the 2000th hit, and I said, I was just, we were teasing one another, and I said, my first, my very first hit I gave to my dog to eat. And, you know, the, it doesn't exist. You know, Maris, he passed away last year, but he was a young dog. And uh, I just wanted him happy. And maybe it wasn't a good thing to give him. I, I don't know if you should be giving dogs baseballs, but I did at the time. And uh, the first, my very first major league hit doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's, it was chewed up and spit out by him. And uh, he loved it, by the way. But, um, yeah, I, 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 if, if I'm honest with you, if he was still alive, I'd probably give him the 2000th ball to, to chew up. I don't know, actually. I take that back. I don't know if that'd be good for his gut. I, prob- I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. I love that, Brandon. I love that he had a dog named Maris, first off. <laughs> <laughs> and the respect that he showed the ball uh, for being his first hit. I don't think of it necessarily as disrespectful. Because he was sharing it with a dog that he loved and a dog named Maris. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not what I would do. I'm, I'd probably be a little bit more sentimental to it. I wouldn't do it for my first. I definitely wouldn't do it for my 2000th. I, I wouldn't even <laughs> let anybody else get near that thing. I'd put it in a case and let it be displayed. Yeah, that, I, I think I would as well. And he's, you know, he probably got some criticism after, after those remarks, but 
he spun back. He, he knew that would come, so he quickly said this to other dog lovers, because he's a dog lover, obviously, himself, and otherwise he wouldn't be playing fetch with him. And here's what Joey had to say. Uh, one more thing. Let me say one more thing. I didn't. I was young, and I didn't know, so it wasn't like I was intentionally. To the, the dog lovers out there, I don't think anybody – I mean, Rob, I, I took great care of Maris. Great care of Maris. So, like, I, it was a mistake at the time, and I knew better after somebody told me, hey, don't give your dog – a baseball and I learned quickly so it wasn't a habit of ours it's lots of fetch and food twice twice a day I, I I took great care of my dog okay I loved him um, but as far as 2000 hits um, yeah I've got high expectations so I I, I hate to seem um, like um, what's the word um, you know um, like like I'm taking this for granted, but you know I'm, I'm I expect to play well. I expect I expected to get hits and perform well. So I um yeah. Well, there you, there you go, Brandon. You're looking for a segue into Sandlot. Maybe that we could get uh, we could get Joey Vidal's dog. His he I think Maris he said passed long ago, but oh. whoever he is now, yeah, I know, sad. We can get Maris too. Well, you know, like like Joey's done this. I mean, he's obviously had a good career, and he's going to continue, and and uh, kudos to him. And taking a look at people that are playing in this game, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, I know, let's see, we've got an injury report there. Brandon, you can kind of give us some of that. Yeah, so we have had some injuries pop up lately, some really big names too. Our oldest Chapman, he went on the I.L. with an elbow issue, but he's expected to be out until at least August 19th. The Rays lost two guys. I believe it's on the same day they announced that they were out. Both Springs and Johnson are out. Springs, of course, hurt his knee on that that freak play. That was strange. That was weird. And then Johnson threw his shoulder out on another freak play, throwing a pitch. So that, that was some freaky stuff there. I know Mookie Betts is out. I don't remember how long he is out. I don't have it in front of me, but I don't think it was too serious. He's on the I.L. George Springer, he's on the I.L. again with an ankle injury, but he's expected to be probable for today's game, August 17th. So a bit of a injury-plagued year for him, but when he's been active, he's been a, a pretty big piece for the, the Blue Jays. He has made a big difference with them this year. I mean, they've got a lot of a young t- uh, many young players on there, but I think he brings a, a lot from uh, his history and what he's able to achieve. So uh, I'm curious to see how that comes out for them for the rest of the season. And Mookie Betts, he was out with a hip injury, and he's expected to be out until at least August 24th. And this is all courtesy of CBS Sports. Cool. Well, there you have it. And, you know, the the other part of that from the the injuries is people who are returning. I mean, Tatis Jr., he's back up there, man. He's back in the game. Yeah, they, They put him in right field, I believe, when he came back. Yeah, they moved Tommy Pham out, uh, so he had to kind of take a side step out, and they moved a couple other people around. And I'm going to be—it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of us early on were kind of looking at the Padres as a team uh, who was going to make it. But maybe we can talk a little bit more about that as you get into the the rundown here in a moment. But Tatis Jr., you know, a lot of people were very very concerned about what was going to happen after that. Yeah, that's twice this year where you had like the same type of injury. 
and people thought that it could have been season ending, but he ends up back in, or bouncing back maybe two or three weeks after it both times and is back playing. So maybe he's just has a, a real high pain tolerance or maybe he's just double jointed where he, he swings too hard or something and stuff pops out of place on accident. And we see people like uh, Tyler Glass now for the Rays who's, who's going to be out. Looks like 2022, maybe not at all. And then, of course, looking recently, Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, there's a guy that a lot of people were saying he's going to have – he's the future of that team. And let's see, he was out with what? I'm trying to think. Kind of, An ACL, I believe it was. It was ACL or MCL. I don't remember which one. Yeah, yeah. This is a had yeah, it was ACL. He had to repair that in his right knee. So I'm not sure, you know, that sounds like an injury that takes a little while to get back from. Right from from what I can think of, he should be ready for next year. At least from what I'm I'm thinking of. I don't I don't want to like put anything on out. I'm no expert on knee injuries, but I was hundred percent sure that it's season ending, but maybe spring training he'll still be out. Maybe he'll just be limited, but I don't think it'll really affect him much next year, at least timetable wise. We'll see. We'll keep keep our eye on him, and maybe you can kind of give us a rundown of what's going on with all the teams and see how they're progressing. Yeah, I, I can do that right now if you would like. Yeah, let's dig in. Well, since we were talking about the Braves, we could start out in the NL East, where those Braves actually lead that division at sixty three and fifty six, a game and a half ahead of the Phillies. Three and a half ahead of the Mets, 12 ahead of the Marlins, and 12 and a half ahead of the Nationals. In the Central, the Brewers lead that division at 72 and 47, seven and a half games ahead of the Reds, 10 ahead of the Cardinals, 21 ahead of the Cubs, and 30 ahead of the Pirates. Quick thing, you were talking about the Braves earlier, and I just thought it was kind of interesting after we were saying Acuna Jr., it looks like they're still doing pretty well to stay at the top. Go, go yeah. ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, they are still doing pretty good. And speaking of still doing pretty good, it's set up a dynamite transition there, Marcus. Thank you for that. <laughs> the Giants still lead the NL West at 77-42, and 42, four games ahead of the Dodgers, wow. 11 ahead of the Padres, 24 ahead of the Rockies, and 39 ahead of the Diamondbacks. Jeez, Pete. I mean, it's <laughs> interesting because, well, well, the Padres, I'm looking at the last 10 games, they're 5-5. Five and five. As are the Rockies. So does that mean that they're they're about the same level as them now? I don't know. I mean, looking at the four Diamondbacks, their run differential is minus one seventy three. Ouch! 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 God oh. bless them. I wish them well, brother. Oh, those poor people having to watch that. Yeah, I, well, you know, it's your team, man. You you got to go through thick and thin, but you you got to hope that there's a good farm system or some. Great trades are going to make a difference for your team. So we'll oh. see. What's happened with the – anything else there? Well, that is it for the National League, but we can stay out west for the American League and work our way back east as the Astros lead the west at 70 and 48, two and a half games ahead of the A's, seven and a half ahead of the Mariners, 12 ahead of the Angels, and 28 ahead of the Rangers. Wow. Now they're that's interesting because the Astros are their last ten games they're five and five, and you know they what they uh, lost to the Angels yesterday, but I don't know how they're going to continue on. But it'll be that'll be interesting. 
Yeah, and the A's are seven and three over their last ten, so they're probably putting together a little bit of run, a little bit of a run at the right time. And the Central, the White Sox, speaking of Field of Dreams, they still lead that division, sixty-nine and fifty, eleven ahead of the Indians or the Guardians. Should probably start calling them that to get used to it. <laughs> then the surprising Tigers are in third, 11 and a half back. Mm. The Twins, 16 back, and the Royals, 18 back. Wow. A little fascinating division there. Yeah, I mean, considering when you're looking at the Indians and Tigers, you know, neck and neck, the Twins still could crawl crawl up. I mean, 16, that's a lot of games. But the White Sox, I mean, they're just outstanding. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, not much longer. We'll be talking about teams wrapping up the divisions. That could be, I mean, a couple of weeks we're starting that. But it's our imminent. last, div- I'm sorry. I see. Yeah, that, that's that's imminent. It's going to be here, you know, boys and girls. If you, you're thinking, I mean, earlier on, like I said, I think maybe last week, the whole idea of it's still early is gone. Yeah, it seems like just last week we were talking about it's not even Memorial Day. We can't judge these teams just yet. <laughs> But in our last division in the AL East, the Rays still lead that division at 72 and 47, three and a half ahead of the Red Sox, five and a half ahead of the Yankees, who have gone on a really good run lately. The Blue Jays are eight and a half, or not eight and a half, the Blue Jays are just eight games back, and then the Orioles, 33 games back. Well, the Rays are going to have to do a lot to, to stay up there on top. And looking at the Red Sox and Yankees, Let's see. They're going to be playing three games here in the next uh, couple of days against one another. They're going to get a doubleheader today, I believe. Yeah, I believe they play the first doubleheader in about an hour from now. It'll, I'm sure it'll be wrapped up by the time this is out. And if <laughs> if, if not, that's a really long game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although it wouldn't shock me. The Yankees and Red Sox do play pretty slow games a lot. Well, and it it is going to be interesting too to see. I mean, Garrett Cole just played the other day as he came back, but I'm uh, I'm curious to see how they they're they've been you know as far as post trades and uh, with Cole coming back because with having what was it Gallo coming man you know he he's he woke that team up. Yeah, to me the Yankees they're kind of they're catching my eye because it seems like the the stereotypical getting hot at the right time when it matters most. Yep. Because, you know, you don't want to get hot too early, like some teams do, and then flame out in the in the stretch run. But they they feel like they did enough for the first half of the season and a good part of the second half to hang in there. And we've been saying they're better than what their record shows. They have to be able to go on a run sometime. And... Fortunately for them, and unfortunately for us, maybe that run is starting now at the most important time. And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, looking at their last 10, what, 7-3, and three, and what's going to happen? Like I said, how quickly are they going to climb up with five and a half games back from the Rays? Now, let me ask you something else here for just a second, too. The Blue Jays are two and a half games behind the Yankees. They're only eight games back. From the Rays. What do we see as possibilities for them for the rest of the year, do you think? Or the rest of the season, I should say. 
I think they're going to make a really strong push for a wild card. I don't think the division is really in play, but I mean, weirder things have happened before. But I think it's more of a wild card possibility for them because they're only four back of the second wild card. But the unfortunate part is only two teams get the wild card. Yeah. And all three teams ahead of them are really good. And the A's and Yankees have both gone seven and three over their last 10 games. I don't expect the Red Sox to just lay down and and just whimper into the postseason or offseason. Yeah. It just seems like maybe, you know, bouncing around between Dunedin and Buffalo, like that kind of is catching up to them now and maybe a little bit too late for them to really hit their stride. And their their schedule, from what I remember, is pretty balanced out. It's It's not overwhelmingly strong but it's not overwhelmingly weak. It's for every good team you play, you play a bad team. So it's pretty even. I'm I'm curious to see how it does play out, Brandon. I know I was looking at Sports Center this morning, and they posted some information on the American League wildcard race. And they had them positioned like this. Red Sox first, Athletics, Yankees, Blue Jays, Mariners. So you've got three from the AL East in there. And they've got they still have the uh, Blue Jays as a possibility, but like you, I'm thinking if the, if the Rays maintain and take the division, it's going to be the Red Sox or the Yankees. One of those two is going to be the uh, American League wild card. Might even have two AL East wild card teams in there. That's right. Do tell. Because I mean, the Red Sox are. They're in the catbird seat. They're in a pretty good spot, even though they're up only half a game. I think that they're better than the A's. And even though I haven't seen much, so put that out there. I haven't seen much of the A's, even though I do think they are a very good team. They probably are playing a little bit over their head. But I just feel like the Yankees are getting hot at the right time. The Blue Jays, even though they are getting hot at the right time, and only four games back mm-hmm. with the competition ahead of them. I think it's just going to be maybe too much out of their control for them to make the wild card. Now, if they do make the wild card, I will say this. I think they can be a very dangerous team and they could go a long way. I won't say that they're a championship winning team, but I think they could do some real damage like maybe the Rays did last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see there as well. Now, what about the wild card race for the, the National League? I'm looking and seeing, let's see, Dodgers, Padres, Reds, Mr. Valto, uh, Cardinals, <laughs> yeah, Phillies, and Mets. So they've got six in the wild card race. I think that wild card race isn't as crazy as the AL is. I think the first wild card is either going to be Dodgers or Giants. Whoever comes in second in that division, it's pretty much a lock. The Padres, that roster is just too good not to make the playoffs. I mean, (laughs) I thought it would have been better than the second wild card. But the Reds, they seem like they're playing over their head too. The Cardinals, they just feel like they're not doing as much as they usually could. Because when you think Cardinals, you think top-level team, especially with Arenado, it seems like they're not living up to their full potential. Right. And then the Phillies and Mets, 
that and Elise, it just seems like nobody wants to win it. It's like, <laughs> no, you can have it. No, I insist you take it. No, you take it. It's like nobody wants to win that division. And it, it looks like it's probably going to be the Braves. But that division, I don't know whether to think it's the most overrated division or it's just that tough. <laughs> I like that, man. It, it does kind of have that feel to it. It's like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> No, after you. No, after you. I insist. Oh, such such a pleasant uh, group of people. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, let's see what goes, brother. Like I said, it's, it's closing in. You know, it's just uh, weeks and weeks out here. And before you know it, it'll be October. Yeah. But between now and then, we can we, we still have a Little League World Series. We're going to be watching that. And uh, minor leagues are still going on for a bit. But if you're looking for a little excitement from some teams, and uh, let's see. Oh, you know, I, I do want to take kind of a serious moment here. And many of you all may remember back in 2019, and uh, a young child, a baby, a toddler, was hit with a foul ball. And there was a great concern. You know, I know everybody was sending their prayers and thoughts and all of that, and and unfortunately, the child had suffered some, I think, uh, some conditions. And you all can look this up in the news. I'm not going to get into the details of it. But now here we are a couple of years later. And evidently, uh, there are, like I said, there are difficulties with seizures and such. And the family has, uh, you know, put a lawsuit against the Astros. But the Astros have met with them and, and come to some settlement. So my heart goes out to that family. And I don't think it was a direct result of this. I think MLB was already in the move of this. But in 2020, nets were extended, you know, blocking balls from going out more into the into the uh, fans' seats. So God bless that family, and uh, I hope that things progress better for that little girl and and the, them for the rest of, well, I just hope it gets better for them. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what, what you're saying. It's, <clears throat> pardon me, it's, it's a tough time. But, you know, looking to the future and looking things forward, and we were talking about the Little Leagues and that sort of thing, and it's seeing a, a young rookie, a young rookie taking off with the Diamondbacks, Tyler Gilbert. What did he have the other day? Oh, let's see, did he maybe have a good quality start, maybe seven know. innings, one yeah. run, really? something like that. That is that what it was? I thought he had that. Didn't he? <laughs> so what? He was looking at no hit hitter with Tyler Gilbert, and I, I was so glad to see that. I mean, you see a rookie come up and out there in the first game, and bam, that's the kind of performance every pitcher would love to have their first time out on the major league mound. That'd be so cool, but then it's just to be devil's advocate or whatever it's called. Do you really want to do that your first outing? Because then it's like you have to live up to it every other outing. Because if you did it your your very first outing in the major leagues, then hey, you should be really good. There you go. Expectations are high. So Tyler will be watching you closely and comparing every game forward with this one. Hope you can hold up to it. No pressure. It's one thing to get into the game. It's another to stay there. So we'll see how that goes. But other excitement... And looking back to our own Rays here in Tampa, and I was looking at Kevin Kiermaier last week, 
playing against the Twins. Bam! He hits a home run, an in-park home run. The ball goes up against the wall. You see him running to first, keeping his eye on that, saying, okay, should I go to second? Should I go to second? And so he, he slowed up just a little bit, and then he realized, I've got an opportunity here. And man, he kept it up. He ran those bases, coming all the way into home. Probably Rodney, Rodney Linares there, the third base coach, just waving him on, and in he comes. And man, that was exciting. So I, I said, well, I've got that moment for the rest of the year to treasure with the Rays. And, and don't you know, <laughs> just a few days later, back at the trop, one of our favorite Rays, Mr. Excitement, baseball is fun, Brett Phillips hits another in park home run. Bam. Now, in this case, he didn't slow down to look at first base. And he kept running those bases all the way in. And the ball's actually pitched into to the catcher where he, potentially he could have been tagged, but he made it under, see, he made that whole, uh, from hitting that ball to making it back to home is like 14.9 seconds. Amazing. Not bad. And I think the only person that would have had race fans more excited to hit an inside the parker is G-Man Choi. Oh. I mean, the fans were going nuts. Yeah, the, indeed, indeed. But before we give too much credit to those guys, and I, I think they, they're fantastic, I want to salute to uh, that same game. I think every one of the first nine players up to bat, not necessarily their first at bat, had a hit in the game. Now you say, well, Mark, they're playing the Orioles. Okay, okay, I grant you a little bit of that. But another big thing was Mr. Brandon Lau. Is that man hot or what? Yeah, he is, and he had a, a really a slower start to the year and struggled all of last year, but he's coming into the Brandon Lau that we were used to back in 2019. And he wound up hitting two home runs in that game. I think that took him up to 28 for the year, so huge, 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 huge. And we were talking about Kiermaier. He, um, before Phillips even made his uh, in-park home run yesterday, Kiermaier actually hit a home run as well. So it was an exciting game to watch. You know, I, I didn't know. Sometimes you say, oh, is this going to be boring? Or, oh, my gosh, something terrible going to happen. I mean, <laughs> and that's part of the excitement of baseball. You never know what's going to happen. But they just performed unbelievably last night. That one's going to stay on the DVR for a while. <laughs> and I had saw something funny on Twitter, a bit of a, a hot take, which this is a special shout-out to all the Yankee fans out there. Brett Phillips with the inside the Parker he had last night. Last in the past month, he went about a two week span where he hit three homers or three grand slams. And I believe that was in a two week span. Oof. Maybe three. But Derek Jeter, I believe he only hit one grand slam in his entire career. <laughs> so does that mean Brett Phillips is better than Derek Jeter? Ooh. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Do you think Brian Cashman is calling uh, Eric Neander saying, hey, next year I want to have a conversation with you about a couple of guys, and <laughs> one of them is Brett Phillips. I mean, it can happen. I, I don't know how how he would blend in that culture because Brett's kind of like, a, <laughs> you know, yeah, the neighborhood kid, the good old boy, and I always think of New York as being a little on the stuffy side. Yeah, the, the no facial hair. Oh, come on. Always yeah. upper-class Yankees. 
<laughs> and we don't change our style uniform for a century. Oh. <laughs> it makes it that much more satisfying when you eliminate them. <laughs> well, I tell you. Anyway, we'll see how that comes about. It's been an exciting week, man, in baseball. I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm going to be on the getting here as soon as we get off this tube. I mean, as <laughs> soon as we get off of this uh, show here, I'm running over to see what's going to happen with it. Uh, Yankees and Red Sox doubleheader. Hey, good thing we don't have to wait too much longer. <laughs> and I, I want to put a little hook in here, too, that we were talking about the Little Leagues, and make sure you guys do get a chance to see those. But remember where all these young players go, come, and when you're watching them there on the, the uh, Major League games, they did start out young. They maybe went to high school and college, and then they went to minor leagues. And to date, there has been a lot of difficulty in ways some of these minor league uh, team players are being treated. You know, we're seeing where they wind up, not just maybe maybe sleeping on a bus or maybe sleeping inside of a school or somewhere else. They there's the funds have not been there to take care of them. the The money they make is probably less than what your waiter or waitress has made, and both of those probably need to make more than they do. Uh, stay in tune with this. Uh, there's a whole lot, of, and there's there's some different Twitter accounts, et cetera. But there's an advocacy. I think it's advocates for minor leaguers. There's that. And one of my favorite pitchers, the guy who did fantastic with the Rays the other night, Colin McHugh, did, he was a great starter the other evening. He's also he's, uh, he's an advocate of, of trying to help out these minor league players. So any chance you get, there's only a couple of uh, weeks left of the game uh, with the minor leaguers. So make sure you get out and see them and find a way to support them, you know. Reach out to your local owner and team and see what you can do. So we may cover a little bit more of that in the future. Soapbox, time to step down. Hey, Brandon, what's <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on, Brandon? I honestly don't know. Did we cover everything already? I think we did. If we didn't, we'll cover it next week. <laughs> <laughs> it flew by. Yeah, it's well, it's been exciting times, brother. There's a whole so much going on. You know, uh, Field of Dreams, you know, the boys, like I said, they watch it. You and I have our own opinions about that. Uh, curious to see about the upside and appeal. I, I'm still trying to figure out if they appeal to a younger audience or just a bunch of old fogies who saw Field of Dreams 30 years ago. And uh, Hey, you have to have that balance. You got to <laughs> do things that will appeal to the new audience, but you also have to do things to, for the, the current fan base since they, they make your game what it is now. Well, we got to figure out a way to make Sandlot and the uh, major league movies into something that, that uh, Mr. Mr. Manfred can turn into another opportunity. But <laughs> it's been a great week. Hey, at the major league reference, if you get it, you can have the California Penal League Classic. But um boom <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with you, brother. Okay, everybody, we want to thank you again for joining us here on Baseball Biz. Mr. Brandon, you can always find at Sports Blitz Pod on Twitter. And you can find me, Mark, at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. You can find us on all the different podcast directories wherever you found us today. And make sure you share. Maybe go ahead and like and subscribe. We look forward to uh, talking with you guys next week. Until then, we'll, uh, we'll keep the fires burning, keep the bats ready, put away the sticky stuff, and see you soon. <laughs> also, special thanks to X-Take RUX for the music rocking forward. <laughs>